So let's get into the reading for today. Let me send uh, some links. And the first one is where we'll start. Uh, four conditions for attaining Sotapanna Maga Pala. Maga means uh, path and Pala means fruit. And then there's the Wikipedia Sotapanna page. And then there's uh, the Sotapanna stage, um, so where the first and the third links are also from puredhamma.net. And this was going to be the last major topic uh, of this series, Views, Action, Path in Buddha Dhamma, or from puredhamma.net. And um, I never really thought that this series would go so long. Um, and yet, uh, we're going to hit about 20 um, presentations, 20 lectures in this series, in this uh, item on the YouTube channel playlist. Um, but really, Views Action Path is critical and at the heart of understanding Buddhism. And understanding Buddhism uh, is understanding Buddhist teaching. And Buddhist teaching pertains to view and then action on the path. The view is what we um, is the action of rectifying our understanding. Action is the uh, act or um, work of putting our views into practice or walk in the talk, uh, live in the view, and that um, action or the activity of manifesting our views in, in physical ways, uh, right action, <laughs> right livelihood, right speech, and then right concentration leading to, you know, right, uh, making right effort including right concentration, that leads to eventually the first fruit of the path, the uh, Sotapanna uh, Pala uh, on the Sotapanna Maga, or the fruit of uh, first level awakening on the Buddhist path. Uh, and that's where we're going to end in this series. There are going to be a few more weeks uh, of lecture or me talking, and probably we might, probably or likely will break 20 this is, I think, 19 today. Uh, and we have a long, you know, I have a long series on Sotapanna uh, that anybody who's interested should look at that I think is wonderful and I like to listen to myself. And um, yet here I'm going to do readings uh, on Sotapanna from the website puredhamma.net, which I didn't do before, or not much. This was presented again or prepared by a Sri Lankan um, layman, student of Buddha Dhamma, uh, Lal Arya Ratna uh, Panadawage, uh, wherever he is, uh, physicist, scientifically trained. I don't agree with everything he says, but nearly everything uh, he says or writes uh, I do agree with, and I've learned from tremendously, or what I feel is tremendous subjectively, a lot of learning. And um, the the rectification of view, going from wrong view to right view, uh, moving out of uh, materialism, nihilism, or an understanding of karma, uh, which we went through exhaustively, and rebirth, and the different levels of creation in which one may well may be reborn, like the thirty-one planes, which fits um, very nicely. Uh, Ra's presentation of seven dimensions, which understands very well uh, that uh, dimensional levels are associated with levels of consciousness. Dimensionalities are the ex the the apparently substantive, um, substantial apparently substantial realms in which beingness of grades of awareness and consciousness uh, continue their development. Soul evolution in the cosmic plan is the evolution of beingness, consciousness, consciousness energy, 
which is called beingness, beingness as consciousness energy, um, foci, what is a person, what is a self, a focus of consciousness with energy fields, or sentient light, sentient conscious aware light, uh, making use of what could be called vehicles or energy bodies, uh, such as the seven chakras and the seven energy fields and the body or forms used as uh, consciousness or beingness evolves uh, up the 31 planes or up the seven densities or back to its source. And that evolution is the action that comes from right view and Buddhist path is um, an exquisitely presented um, view of uh, the way beingness may evolve itself from ignorance to uh, enlightenment or from suffering to the end of suffering from bondage to release nearly no one comprehends Buddhism, nearly no one in this world today um, really appreciates what Buddhism is. It's basically a systematic presentation of the path from human to Godhead. Um, Highly psychological, meaning highly focused on uh, mental states. And the first awakening, uh, or Sotapanna, represents the fruit of path and the culmination of right view, right action uh, leading to the fruit of the path and that's where we're going to end this series and I want to start and it'll take another month <laughs> another few many week, another few weeks here I want to start on the page of four conditions for attaining Sotapanna Magapala which I sent uh and I'll just run down and we'll go, I'll take it as far as we can in the uh, in the hour here. So, number one, he writes, In the suttas, or sutras, like the Pali Canon, especially in the Dutiya Sariputta Sutta, Samyutta Nikaya 55.5, and that's about Sariputra, who was one of the two chief disciples. And he writes, Which was a discussion between the Buddha and Venerable Sariputra, Shariputra means the son of Shari. The four requirements for someone to attain Sotapanna stage of Nibbana are stated. So, this is a Sotapanna represents a stage of awakening on the path to Nibbana or Nirvana or the blowing out of the flame or the end of all suffering and ignorance and the end of rebirth in the octave. The end of rebirth in the 31 planes. Same. So, what are the four requirements for someone to attain that? Uh, here they are. Uh, number one, listening to Dhamma discourses. And he writes, while reading is enough to get to Sotapanna Anugami stage, listening is necessary to attain the Sotapanna stage. See number three below. So he's talking about the difference between reading and listening. Uh, this, some of this material, or much of what he presents, I've never heard before. Um, he's much better trained in Buddhism than I. Um, but my view is a little different than his, or a little wider. <laughs> he doesn't talk about the raw material and the two paths, but uh, he's saying, while reading is enough to get to Sotapanna Anugami stage, it is Sotapanna Anugami. Sotapanna is considered the first stage of awakening. Anugami um, is the third. It means non-returner. He's saying... Uh, this doesn't mean just reading is all you need like okay I read I read 50 books now I'm Sotapanna right obviously not (laughs) but uh, I'm not so I'm not familiar with the the theory the basis of this view that reading is enough to get there but certainly study is important (laughs) and then listening is necessary whatever so we'll see what he has to say about that down below surely this is study so there's study, meditation, study, service, uh, study, meditation, and service, or study, practice, and service. Um, so study is the is correct correct development of correct view. Practice or meditation is putting it into action, and service is 
putting it into action in relationship um, in terms of relation to other uh, so okay so listening um, is one of the uh, considered one of the four requirements listening to Dhamma discourses number two association with Kalyana Mitra which uh, it means noble friend or and he's writing here in Arya meaning somebody who has had awakening there's a difference between a good friend and a highly spiritually developed friend and a friend who has actually attained Sotapanna. <laughs> so association with Kalyana Mitra meaning good spiritually minded people who themselves are also on the path. Next is act with Yoniso Manasikara um, meaning actions with this which we'll talk about later and he you know the, the you know he's from Sri Lanka and they're Indian uh, genetic and so there's a high analysis going on here and he'll throw out words that are not explained um, and we'll have to figure them out and work with them by uh, unpacking it says basic idea of anicca dukkha anatta meaning the three characteristics which we talked about and paticca samapada what does that mean to act with yoniso manasikara uh, I'm not sure <laughs> Uh, but it's certainly acting or living um, with sensitivity to the fact that this is the way life is, uh, all explained uh, with the three marks. And that's what comes with listening to Dhamma discourse or study, Buddhist study, not just study of uh, Bashar <laughs> or uh, Barbara Marx Hubbard or Barbara Marciniak. Uh, that won't necessarily lead to release, uh, believe it or not because there isn't necessarily a focus on um, the um, purification of mind states. Uh, so, it once one has some study of Buddhism, one quickly comes to understand that there's this teaching called the Three Marks, Three Characteristics, Anicca Nata Dukkha, and then looks into that, and Pachitra Samapada is dependent origination, so... Uh, living with some sensitivity that this is what's happening all of our experience comes and goes it's impermanent all of what we ex all, all of what we're seeking will fall away too and then you know the the reality of stress in all that and the fourth is this dhamma nudama patipada which is following the noble path beyond the mundane path um, and he'll explain all these it goes on so okay uh, living in accord with teaching, living in accord, walking your talk, living in accord with what you've learned from your listening and your study, uh, and your association with spiritually sincere, sincere spiritually seeking people. He goes on, when someone starts fulfilling the above conditions, one becomes a Sotapanna Maga Anugami. These are terms I never heard before. Sotapanna Maga Anugamika. Anugamika, meaning a person what who's achieved uh, Sotapanna, and then he goes so to see Sotapanna blah blah blah. During this process, one removes three of the ten Sanyojana, Sanyojana, uh, Samyojana or fetters, and that's what we talked about before. How Sotapanna, the nature of the Sotapanna process is awakening that leads to a natural cutting of the first three fetters, and there are ten fetters. And he talked about the ten fetters are those that bind one to the cycle of rebirth. Uh, and I want to go to the page on Sotapanna from Wikipedia. Uh, down the page a bit, um, we'll see something called the three fetters, or the section called three fetters. And we'll see just what it is that Sotapanna has attained. Um, and the, from... Uh, Alagadupama uh, Sutta. My Pali pronunciations are inadequate sometimes. I'm sorry. Um, there's a saying, there's the writing here. In the Pali Canon, the qualities of Sotapanna are described as quote, those monks who've abandoned the three fetters. They're all stream winners, steadfast, never again destined for states of woe meaning hell, hungry ghost, animal, and uh, ashura, or angry negative ETs, headed for self-awakening. 
This is how Dhamma well proclaimed by me is clear, open, evident, stripped of rags. Um, Buddhism is an open hand teaching, Gautama is an open hand teacher. This, they're not secret initiations um, in, the, in uh, Theravadan Buddhism. In esoteric Mahayana, in Therav- uh, Tibetan Vajrayana, there are lots of secret initiata- initiations. Um, and if you like that kind of thing, then that's good, f- good for you. But uh, Gautama directly said, I am, I am an open-hand teacher, and nothing really... There are no secret teachings down the line here. There's uh, what you can't understand until you're awakened, but that's not a secret teaching. That's just called um, a realization yet to come, but not um, withholding any teaching of truth. So here are the three fetters. The three fetters which the Sotapanna eradicates are self-view, clinging to rites and rituals, and skeptical doubt. And all of this basically establishes from... Uh, the puredhamma.net establishes one in right view. Uh, and these are very much associated with view or belief. So what is self-view? Self-view, it's written the view of substance, or what's compounded, some kata could be eternal in the five aggregates, meaning uh, the sense that um, any view of self could be correct, or that there really is a self uh, a fixed, abiding, unchanging personal identity. Now, mm, um, it's written here, Satipana doesn't actually have a view about self, Sakaya Diti, as the doctrines proclaimed, proclaimed to be a subtle form of clinging. So this is somebody writing, you know, their write-up on understanding of the um, ending of the, of the first fetter. It seems to me that, uh, from my understanding, Sotapanna comes to know that all views of self are mistaken and wrong and incorrect. Views of self are empty. There is no correct view of self other than the view that that self is not in the five fetters, is not in the five uh, skandhas. Uh, consciousness is not my abiding eternal self, nor is personality or mind let alone body or sensation. So body with sensation, mind with feelings and a sense of identity, personality, patterns and habits, and even consciousness itself, um, in all that, nowhere is found uh, an abiding, permanent um, selfhood, separative, permanent sense of me, uh, separative, permanent me. I have a sense of self but a separate, permanent me can't be found because the body with its sensations falls to the dirt and falls away. The mind with its personality uh, is ever-changing, actually. <coughs> Even the sense of self is ever-changing. Sometimes there's nearly no sense of self in mind. And sometimes we're very uh, doggedly experiencing selfhood. Uh, and likewise, consciousness itself is not uh, a permanent, abiding, separative being. Now, some of this can't obviously be proven, or none of it could be proven, but Sotapanna understands that um, there is no um, separative, permanent thing called a self um, in the five skandhas, but it's not fully realized yet. <laughs> There's just a sense of this, because the eighth fetter is conceit, and that's really the ending of ahamkara or the fashioning of apparent selfhood. This uh, this ending of wrong view about self-view, or the the ending of the first fetter here, really I think is a is an understanding that. Um, uh, ideas about self are empty and you don't know what you are <laughs> and any idea concept of I'm this or that is wrong number two, second fetter killed is uh, clinging to rites and rituals and we talked about this again uh, before um, the view that one that, that purity comes from doing action performance purifies mind no uh 
and he, they're talking about animal sacrifice or fire ritual or chanting or spinning your mandala, you know, 10,000 times in the mind or doing pilgrimage or certain number of prostrations or certain uh, activities. Um, physical activity doesn't purify mind. It's the mind that performs those activities that may or may not purify itself. It's not that there's a certain um, physical ritual or physical activity that that um, uh, by in and of itself transforms mind. So there are people who've been doing certain rituals for decades, and they there's still strong anger and desire. And there are other people who get to Sotapanna with no practice at all in this lifetime. They hear Dhamma, and they have a breakthrough. Um, they didn't need to do all of that stuff, but <laughs> they did a lot of practice, we would assume, in past lives. And so, uh, the right, the, the, it, ending the second fetter is elimination of the notion that there are shortcuts to perfect, perfecting virtues. Perfecting virtues really means increasing freedom from um, unnecessary desire and uh, attachment to anger and and you know the three these three poisons grasping aversion ignorance in practice <laughs> it doesn't mean doesn't just mean okay I'm not a thief this is easy I'm not stealing things I'm not um, making a living selling weapons <laughs> I'm not involved in wrong livelihood for my work. I'm not involved in robbery and fraud. I'm not involved in deliberate lying to take things from people. Um, uh, I'm not involved in killing animals uh, as a living or uh, as a sport, nor harming people physically, nor um, you know lying for a living. <laughs> like uh, we see in the media all the time. But there still may be, there still is, of course, in the mind, a lot of grasping aversion and ignorance, for sure. And so uh, that that's more subtle uh, dynamics, which really comes out interpersonally. That's the stuff that really um, needs purification, which really means how I get into trouble um alone and in a relationship mainly through um, wrong speech and and subtle forms of wrong action and if we're suffering uh, for one reason or another um, we really normally will trace it back to grasping aversion and ignorance and including um, psychological issues and low self-esteem and this and that there's uh, some some unrecognized activity of grasping and aversion and ignorance that is underneath um, all sorts of psychological distress as well as uh, interpersonal friction. And uh, that's what really gives us trouble in life. <laughs> and uh, performing a ritual, uh, whatever it may be, or even a physical you know, Buddhist practice, just sitting in meditation. It depends on what's happening with the mind, or just doing prostrations, or chanting, you know, chanting Guan Yin's name a thousand times, or going to a certain number of retreats. It depends on what's happening with the mind. And Sotapanna knows that, or realizes that um, these practices, um, in and of themselves, don't transform uh, awareness, or don't move against uh, the three poisons by in and of themselves. It depends on how it's done and how I work with this mind. And then third is skeptical doubt, which is really doubt about Buddha Dhamma Sangha, doubt, uh, uncertainty about Buddhism, Dhamma, and about uh, Gautama and his um, achievement, and about uh, the value of community, or Sangha, because uh, not every Sangha is too holy, obviously, and some teachers confuse, confuse presentations of Dhamma. Uh, but Sotapanna basically um, knows that this system works. <laughs> yeah, 
these teachings work. Um, I know. I got it. This kind of thing. And uh, this is a big deal because that person really um, internalizes Buddhism and, and has natural love and devotion because you help me heal like that. Uh, I got it. Uh, and um, you help me in it. You, the Buddha teaching, and uh, by the teaching, uh, the Buddha and his Dhamma. As to the community of monks, they're the ones who help bring forth um, the Buddha's Dhamma, the Buddha Dhamma, the Buddha's Dhamma, which is the teachings from the founder. Uh, but not every community is uh, that purified either. So then we go back to four conditions for attaining Sotapanna, and we understand that okay, um, the three these uh, three fetters are broken and there are seven more <laughs> so it's a certain achievement but there's much more to do and it's, it's again uh, comparable to contact with intelligent infinity in the raw material however it's contact with intelligent infinity with a um, Buddha Dhamma perspective in mind uh, whereby then one understands that that achievement or one understands that this breakthrough is um, born of association with Buddha Dhamma, and that's the third fetter breaking, and understands that it's a transformation of, of uh, awareness, and therefore rites and rituals um, are not in and of themselves enough, and uh, haven't been enough to make that transformation, second fetter den ending, and the first is um, that this awakening has something to do with self and views about self. This um, experience of unity, experience that I am everything or everything is me, or experience that all is um, one field of light, uh, the many is, is a singularity, uh, great bliss, the sense that the body is illusory or even body-mind is illusory, and empty of, of uh, any sub substantiality. Um, that kind of, th th those kinds of um, features of what's called contact with intelligent infinity in a Buddhist perspective um, leads to the breaking of the three fetters. So it's a, it's a good question, what's the difference between contact with intelligent infinity in the raw material and sotapanna in the Buddha Dhamma teachings of first level awakening? Uh, Again, a Sotapanna still has uh, moderate or, you know, significant moderate degree of greed or desire, aversion or anger, frustration, uh, inability to be with, and ignorance or not knowing and confusion and this and that. So there's a lot more to do. Uh, let's go to point two. Uh, first, it is imperative to understand what was meant by the Buddha when he said, quote, my Dhamma has not been known to the world, end quote, other than during the time of another Buddha, which uh, Buddhist, Buddhism has a cosmological view that uh, Buddhas regularly appear in worlds to provide teaching. What worlds? Well, probably Kamaloka, this 3D physical uh, space-time world, or any 3D physical space-time world in the galaxies, uh, because in higher dimensions there isn't the veiling and um, a, a Buddha arising might not be necessary unless he's invited in. Uh, and so this comment, the Buddha, this my Dhamma has not been known to the world, it really means that, that other traditions are not teaching this. And that's true. So the text goes on. Most people follow what they deem to be Buddhism, I strongly advise reading the following posts and spending some time thinking about this issue. What is Buddha Dhamma in a chart and what's unique? And we've talked about this before. The teaching on um, the three marks and dependent origination, or the linkage particularly, between thirst, tana, hunger in mind, uh, and craving, upadana, leading to attachment, grasping and aversion, which comes out of 
all of that coming out of ignorance, leading to rebirth, leading to the fashioning of bodies. Um, that is pretty unique. You don't see that in Hinduism. And the teaching um, that uh, mindfulness, uh, uh, you know, sati, uh, non-grasping attentiveness is the primary practice that leads to cutting the ten fetters or particularly getting out of the three poisons, grasping, aversion, ignorance, that that's the problem and that, the, you know, the problem is ignorance and then the chain of dependent origination, dependent arising that leads to continual rebirth uh, in all the different levels of the octave. I mean, Hinduism and other traditions have a cosmology but they don't explain exactly how it is that beings arise and recirculate or recycle and reincarnate through the different planes of the cosmology. I mean, this is way beyond Native American indigenous traditions, you know. I mean, it doesn't mean they're bad guys, but this is a way, <laughs> way beyond um, spiritual religion metaphysical presentation than, um, you know, take ayahuasca and talk to the spirits. Well, that stuff is great. People get great insight. People have a long, wonderful time about that. Good, go right ahead. Um, but but <laughs> this is a teaching in another league, it seems to me, than uh, taking substances, uh, journeying for vision and guidance and contact for what? Well, <laughs> to learn Buddha Dhamma. Why do you? What what is the fruit of? visions that lead to guidance, that lead to energizing, that lead to insight, that lead to greater fulfillment of life purpose or well-being. The purpose of that is to continue on the path. What path? This same path. What path? The path of being free of obstruction, uh, moving towards uh, greater development of love wisdom, the path of uh, total healing, uh, personal personality healing or lower triad blockages cleared. Uh, the activation of the seven rays, um, which is, is totally associated with, you know, developing virtue, <laughs> being free of asavas and defilements, uh, being free of harmful patterns and ignorance and limited view, uh, moving out of imbalance, moving out of distortion, moving out of hurting self and other, <laughs> and um, moving to greater awareness and greater release. It's the same path. And so, uh, but Buddhism is highly explicit <laughs> about the nature of spiritual path and the way to it, right? the Four Noble Truths. And um, this is what it means to say Dhamma has, been not, has, has not been known to this world. It's not known in this world. It's been known. This Dhamma is not known in the world because there are very few people who can focus, who want to focus, you know, uh, the problem is me. Me is the problem. And uh, you are not the problem. Me is the problem for me. You are the problem for you. And I am the problem for me. And uh, this turning the light within, uh, holding up the mirror, living in a, in living, seeing the world as a mirror, and using that the world mirror catal as catalyst for greater self-transformation. Now, all traditions are uh, doing that somewhat, um, but Buddhism is explicit in the nature of the problem, the nature of the path, the nature of um, the solution or the end of the path. Um, so, there is, you know, uh, you can say I'm biased, but I'm biased because I don't see the ex explicit, um, I don't see an explicit presentation of the nature of the problem, the nature of the path, the nature of the achievement uh, beyond the path, and, and countless references to obstructions and pitfalls and problems um, and false attainments. I mean, Buddhism, just going into jhana every time is not considered such a great thing. Nothing great, actually. Going into meditation every time, going into bliss, every time going into unity, bliss, you know, um, dissolution of, of, of identity, um, nothingness, doing, being able to do that every single time in meditation is considered no big deal. 
uh, being able to do have magic powers is no big deal is not a goal and meanwhile most other religions are just trying to figure out what that's all about or they're telling you that that's some kind of goal um, unaware of the basic dukkha the dukkha the truth of dukkha so the truth of dukkha is completely missed by most every tradition most every other you know any other teaching and the buddhism is uh you know people call it pessimistic but it's really just realistic seems to me and i don't know if that's a bias or an objective assessment <laughs> you can figure that out yourself so going on he goes on as discussed in those posts meaning the posts he presented explaining buddha dhamma uh one becomes sotapanna maga anugami you know he's a complicated guy so he doesn't want to just say become sotapanna one becomes sotapanna maga anugami meaning sotapanna path non returner <laughs> it means not returning after having achieved sotapanna otherwise called becoming sotapanna one becomes this sotapanna after making progress on the mundane lokya a full path right loka as world kama loka rupa loka arupa loka world so after making progress on the mundane eightfold path then there's the super mundane or spiritual eightfold path which is just a division that some people who like analysis make that is when one really embarks on noble eightfold path um most buddhist presentations don't include two different levels of the eightfold path and <laughs> it's not necessary but um sotapanna indeed comes as uh, an attainment when when one understands that life is path life is path and um any problem i have i i made it in some way to some degree and if i want to get out of it i better understand it and understand how i contributed to it and not do it again because i don't want more suffering so knowing life is path knowing i'm the problem you may be a problem too but your the, the real problem for me is always me not you uh, you are what you are and if you're in my life uh, i have some responsibility for that uh, but the real problem is always me <laughs> doesn't mean you see if you know that there's no self it's okay to say that <laughs> the problem is me it doesn't mean scott what is scott and so uh Mm, suffering is born of the inner regardless of uh there being an outer troublemaker and transformation of the inner is the way to be free of suffering and and that is knowing the eightfold path or or really living doing one's best sincerely seeking to live it hey roy he writes as i tried to point out in many posts when one is on the mundane path one abstains from immoral deeds out of fear of bad outcomes but when one starts comprehending tilakana right the three marks anicca dukkha anatta one starts avoiding immoral deeds because one sees the futility of such deeds what's the point in hurting others in order to acquire sense pleasures that in the end do not provide any lasting happiness meaning why should i hurt you to get this or that when whatever i'm getting uh, is subject to you know the three marks meaning uh, whatever i'm getting is impermanent it'll be gone and uh it's insubstantial anyway and because it's impermanent and insubstantial it's not very lovely it's ultimately there's stress in there it's a it's a mixed harvest <laughs> there's good and bad in every good in every pleasure in all sukha there's dukkha in all experience of some happiness except for niramisa sukha but in uh, any kind of conditional conditions based happiness because it's impermanent and insubstantial there is stress and um now that kind of sense he says is when one is uh, moving out of the mundane path onto the super mundane path and it's not that one uh, fears bad outcome but one sees the futility of grasping or, or grasping because of um you know the impermanence insubstantiality and stressfulness um 
this this these two go together generally in practice it's not one is no longer afraid about outcome bad outcome happens you know shit happens and so uh it's a good reason <laughs> uh for as long as one is uh in existence particularly in this world to um to have the fear of god <laughs> to have the fear of uh making trouble for oneself by uh making uh, you know my unvirtuous action with other uh, it's okay uh, and then it's also true that there's futility I would just say that as one more and more understands the, th- the three uh, characteristics one more and more sees the futility of grasping uh, to get what I want anything anything not just sense pleasures but any kind of changed um, circumstance Sometimes I've had this feeling, why should I go out when I'm going to come back eventually? Why not just stay here? <laughs> I'm going to have to come back anyway. Why don't I why do I even have to go out? I'm just going to be end up back here. So, <laughs> what is that? So he goes on. Previously number 3. <coughs> uh see my cough is different over the years. Uh number 3. Previously I had stated that one could learn about tilakana, the three characteristics, three marks, by reading these days. <laughs> that is still true, and one could become a sotapanna anugami. How about just a sotapanna? By reading. Um, I think this is a little simplistic. Frankly, if you don't do meditation, um, I don't think you should trust that reading will take you there. So, anyway, he's a different guy. So he's saying, okay, you can learn about it, and you could become sotapanna by reading, what, reading only? And then he says, so he's learning too. And he writes, however, recently I came him upon a desana, meaning a, a talk or a teaching, by the Waharaka Tero, meaning, uh, I think this was a Sri Lankan sage, maybe Arahan, which stated that a Sotapanna Anugami, or a Sotapanna person, Sotapani, attains Sotapanna stage only while listening to a desana by an Arya, a noble person, or one, an Arya is from the word Aryan, you know, Arya, which was uh, the term given to people coming, what, from the Tibetan plateau, the Tibetan Tibetan mountains down to the uh, northern Indian plateau uh, 10,000 years ago, 8,000 years ago? Yeah, same word. Uh, it just means noble. It doesn't mean white supremacist. Or it can be used that way, but that's not how it's meant here. Uh, one can attain Sotapanna only while listening to a talk from someone who has achieved uh, Sotapanna or greater. Is that true? I mean, I never heard that before. And he said, goes on, apparently, a Sotadvara Chitta Vitti of an Arya during a Desana, meaning um, the mental conditions associated with a person who's achieved Sotapanna or more during a lecture given by them, has the necessary jawana power to act as a trigger. He's trying to find a Tapitika reference, and I'd appreciate receiving it from anyone who has that information. Uh, however, Waharaka Tero, this uh, Sri Lankan um, Arya, I'm sure, has mentioned that listening to a recorded desana should count, per his opinion. So you see, even enlightened guys um, have opinions that don't come out of the original uh, books. I mean, I'm not that, <laughs> but uh, I have my opinions, but I'm not in their category of uh, Arahan, if he is. But even uh, Arahan um, has opinions that another Arahan might disagree with. How about that? Mm. So it gets a little bit messy. Um, is it true that the only way to achieve uh, Satapana is what listening to a, a Dhamma talk from someone who's achieved Satapana or more? I don't know. Um, but certainly, deep study of Buddha Dhamma like we're doing is helpful. But in terms of a metaphysical triggering, uh, surely the talk of the more awakened people is greater uh, metaphysical triggering than talk from those who are not. And that's a big deal, actually. And with those with eyes to feel or ears to see, if you can, <laughs> if you can hear with your eye and hear 
with your, you know, hear with your eye and see with your ear, or see and hear truly with your mind's eyes and ears, uh, you can see who's more evolved than who else. Very, very clearly can be seen, knowing the levels of mind of others. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you're wrong, but it can be done for sure. And so one could know who's relatively more awakened than who else. Um, it's having the, the, the Dhamma eye <laughs> uh, of some degree of discernment and sensitivity to uh, quality of the vibratory field um, of the words and the, um, the demeanor, but particularly the words in this case, uh, of one who's achieved versus one who hasn't and um, can't be proven and uh, charlatans claim whatever, claim their divinity um, but you can know who's got what <laughs> who's where and who's got what and who doesn't uh, and who's a liar and who's not you can know if you have uh, bright eyes and a sensitive ear number four and let me just see where we are with the time here I'll go on for another 10 minutes or so. Number four, when one contemplates about the above, one realizes that one first needs to find out why the Buddha said, quote, this wider world of 31 realms, or the whole cosmology of the octave, or, quote, our existence, not only in this life, but in the 31 realms, is filled with suffering. Uh, what we perceive as sense pleasures keep us bound mostly to the Kamaloka, meaning 3D, and very often to the four apayas, meaning the four lower realms. Again, hell, hungry ghost, animal, and uh, asura. This is the first noble truth, or it's first noble truth, dukkha We went over this exhaustively. Um, when, when one contemplates about the above, uh, contemplates what? Um, it's not so clear what he means by that. But surely, when you contemplate the three marks... Uh, you will realize that that's quite true. <laughs> and then you can wonder, is that the case even in higher dimensions? Those are the higher levels of the 31 realms. Uh, and, you know, you see, in his teaching here, he keeps, there's, a, there's clearly an emphasis on attachment to sense pleasure. I don't really think that's the problem, as I've said. I mean, 2,500 years ago, maybe people were reincarnating because of lust for um, material uh, abundance and sense pleasures but but today I think most people are stuck because of complicated uh, psychological um, psychological structures in mind or beliefs uh, distorted beliefs of self and uh, inadequacy leading to uh, fear of truth particularly <laughs> a fear of truth and low self-esteem and the sense that um, I'm not enough to uh, trust my own views about what is and what isn't. I must depend on external authority. And we can only depend on what, what we have physically. Material, materiality is all that is reliable rather than the inner. So it's a dependence on the outer and... Uh, Gecko may agree. Um, I, I think that, that there's a psychological impairment, low self-esteem, low self-value, a basic sense of inadequacy, and there's a lot of karmic guilt here, you know, meaning a lot of souls in this world made a lot of trouble for self and other and self in past lives and have that feeding into low self-value or a basic sense of inadequacy, which leads to a dependence on authority, uh, human leadership, external structure, organization, society, right? The herd instinct. Most people take the crowd as their teacher, said Heraclitus. That's the problem. Rather than taking inner authority, most people don't trust the inner and follow outer authority. And uh, in this world, <laughs> filled with, you know, filled with, but, you know, 10% uh, Martian uh, reincarnates um, and the leadership is all Martian Maldek and Orion influenced the outer will screw you um, and keep you bound 
and enslaved to false belief and false uh, self-harming ways. I think that's the real problem here, not attachment to sense pleasures. Um, it's it's really fear and inadequacy, and external uh, externalization, external dependencies, externalization of reliance. Number four, he goes on. If the he goes on, the Buddhists also said that if one really comprehends the first noble truth, dukkha then one will automatically comprehend the other three, uh, the other three noble truths. Uh, the truth of the cause of suffering, the end of suffering, and the path to the end of suffering. Thus, he goes on, thus it is a basic vision or first inkling of samaditi that is most critical, samaditi being right view. It's where we started this whole series. So right view is critical. <laughs> it's the first of the Noble Eightfold Path is right view. The first of the eight rights is right view. And the first place to start is the first of the Four Noble Truths, or Dukkasacha. Uh, and one will also very much understand the three marks if one looks into it. He goes on, one gets on the Noble Eightfold Path with a very rough idea about this vision, i.e. Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, the three marks. Now one is a Sotapanamaga Anugami, whatever that means. I think he means on the path to Sotapana. But, you know, just having some rough idea doesn't mean you're a Sotapana. As one comprehends these basic characteristics of our world while listening to a Desana by an Arya, one will get to the Sotapanna stage. Yeah, I can't agree with this. One will get to the Sotapanna stage by attaining the Sotapanna Maga, meaning the fruit, and Sotapanna Maga, or Sotapanna Fala, or attaining Sotapanna Maga, meaning attaining the path, and Sotapanna Pala, fruit, virtually simultaneously in the same Chittavitti. So this is the problem with somebody who's too intellectual, is um, they split things, and then other people who don't get it get confused. <laughs> and so maybe I'm assumptive, assuming, but uh, you can you know you you can say all is one, and you can say um, there's a multitude the the multitudinous uh, manifestation of the many, um, and that is a one. You can focus on countless waves and you can say it's one ocean uh, okay uh, I think the point here is he's saying that if in his view and again you see everybody's got their own view I have mine and you know you got to figure out what's yours his view seems to be that when one has some basic sense of Buddhist teaching uh, particularly the, the truth of suffering or the three marks, uh, then listening to a talk from someone who happens to be Sotapanna or above, then what? One automatically, <laughs> all the time, everyone, gets to the Sotapanna stage, what? means attaining the fruit of Sotapanna. By attaining Sotapanna Maga, meaning attaining the Sotapanna path, and Sotapanna fruit, virtually simultaneously. That sounds nice and easy, but not everybody who's contemplated these things uh, will get it. But again, uh, how many Sotapanna speakers are around? Not too many. Uh, when one gets to the Sotapanna stage, he goes on, one comprehends the first noble truth, Dukkasacca, uh, and thus all four noble truths to some extent, one has seen Nibbana. That's, that's presumptive. <laughs> so this, this guy is a little pushy here, and... Um, uh, to say you've seen Nibbana <laughs> um, when you get to a Sotapanna stage uh, yes, you can say you have some sense of it um, but I think this is more his theory than practice now, one does not need any help to get to Nibbana quote, to fully experience it because one sees the whole path and how to get there again, that seems a little presuming presumptive, assumptive assuming, and arrogant but, mm, whatever. So, this is his view. Um, I'm not Sotapanna, or I am. <laughs> I don't know. you got to figure it out. I don't know. Somebody above me will tell me later. Um, but, as far as I know, and, you know, he will probably, he believes he's Sotapanna. And maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, but, um, you can see that a lot of people that, that even, maybe he is Sotapanna, this, this Lal Arya Ratna uh, Penado Age. Maybe he is and I'm not. 
Maybe I am and he's not. I don't know. Uh, so somebody greater than me can say so. But uh, you can see that there's disagreement all the time. And there's all sorts of view. He's saying that one who Satipana doesn't need any help to get to Nibbana. Well, that's not true at all, actually. Because every monk who's had achievement still, has, still needs their teacher. Still needs practice. They need help. They're not finished. They only have the first of four. To say they don't need help means what? They don't have to go and listen to Dhamma, or they don't need a teacher, or a teacher can help, but they don't really need the teacher. Um, to one degree, there's truth there. I think he might he may be saying is there is a teaching from Gautama that the that the one that's achieved Satipana will achieve complete and perfect awakening, meaning Nirvana the end of their experience in the 31 realms, within seven lifetimes or less, for sure. And another under, under understanding, way of understanding Satipana as stream entry is that there's a, a, a breakthrough has been made um, of a conscious linkage between uh, root chakra and crown. There was, there was a, a pranic breakthrough that hadn't happened before. Uh, of kundalini or prana energy linkage between root and crown first and seventh chakra in a way that hadn't happened before and from simply that breakthrough the entirety of the sushumna the channel from root to crown will be perfected inevitably regardless within seven lifetimes or, or less within seven rounds of reincarnation or less the initial pranic, the initial metaphysical breakthrough of uh, pranic linkage between root and crown that was established by that contact with intelligent infinity, which in this Buddhist framework is called sotapanna, um, will, with regardless of what's done or not done, um, by and by, under the guidance of higher self, <laughs> we can say and logos lead inevitably to complete and perfect enlightenment within seven lifetimes the stream of um, pranic seven rays pranic self-perfection has been entered and the self-perfection the the um, auto-perfection of the seven ray system meaning seven chakra seven energy fields of mind-body-spirit complex or the being in the octave will perfect itself within seven lifetimes or less because um, the initial cut has been made and it's just a matter of time before the, the, the tear is complete or the bottom of the bucket has been uh, pushed out fully. The notion of uh, the bottom of the bucket knocked out, meaning there is no more obstruction to a complete free... Uh, pranic flow uh, of external, internal, or object, subject, or environment and agent. The the um, blockage, the pranic blockages in the seven ray system associated with ahamkara, sense of self, based on restlessness, uh, ninth fetter, and based on ignorance of idya, tenth fetter, um, that basic um, distorted identity formation um, will inevitably be completely destroyed. The false will be completely shattered, like the bottom of a bucket falling out fully, within seven lifetimes or less, after the Sotapani uh, being has made that breakthrough or achieved that fruit. That's true. And um, that's a critical point. Um, but when, when he says one sees the whole path, one knows how to get there, I think that's a simplification and it's arrogant because you really don't know what you haven't realized yet. And you don't really know where you've never been. <laughs> to say I know where I've never been is a joke. To say I know Nibban or somebody that is first level knows Nibban um, is wrong. They haven't gotten there yet. They've glimpsed but they, the glimpse is not, um, is not identical to um, fusion. 
glimpsing something and fusing with it are not the same. But it is true that the way from Sotapanna to near to Arahan is absolutely clear. And if one doesn't um, work hard or work continuing self-purification, self-transformation in those seven lives, one will get one's ass kicked <laughs> by um, higher self, by Atmanic Catalyst programming. Atman higher self will program catalysts that will kick your ass um, to continue what you cannot turn back from. And so that's the saying, too much for one who's been given much, much is expected. <laughs> and so, anyway, um, I'll read number five and we'll end. He said, with that in mind, or with what he's saying, that one has seen at Sotapanna with this scene or glimpse of Nibbana. Okay, we can, I can agree it's a glimpse. Not needing any help um, is sort of true and not true. Help helps. and um, But this knowing how to get there and knowing the whole path, seeing and knowing, I don't think is really quite the case, but anyway, with that in mind, it's easier to grasp why the Buddha emphasized the importance of those four conditions. Uh, what four conditions? It's the four conditions that lead to Sotapanna. Um listening to Dhamma discourse, particularly of somebody who has Sotapanna or more. Association with spiritual friends or spiritually minded sincere seekers. Uh, acting with Yonisaro Manasikara, it's really the awareness I think um, that the three marks teaching is, is true. Whatever is happening is impermanent and ungraspable, insubstantial and there's a lot of stress going on and, and um, the chain of, of how things happen, cause and effect, um, is the environment in which we're living. There is causality at all levels, you know, physical, non-physical, physical, mental, spiritual. And so uh, knowing that and then um, following the noble path or um, continuing in the work of um, studying and practicing Buddhism, Buddha Dhamma, and so what's interesting is it may well be that the Buddhist teaching here is that the only way to Sotapanna is in a Buddhist context. And contact with intelligent infinity is not Sotapanna. They're comparable, but not identical. Anyway, with all this in mind, easier to grasp why the Buddha emphasized the importance of the four conditions to Sotapanna. I went through. First, since Buddha's message is unique, the true message has to come from a Buddha, or someone, quote, who can be traced back to a Buddha, and then they give the following analogy, which we'll do next time. Um, and so this is uh, something just to consider. The singularity of Buddhism. You know, uh, there again, there are very few people who realize what's going on with Buddhism. <laughs> what is Buddhism? There are very, very few people who seem to get that in this world. And this is, uh, you know, the decline of the Dharma. This is the dark ages for, for the Buddha Dhamma on earth. Uh, perhaps getting down to the bottom. And so you have Buddhism without Buddha and Buddhism without karma and reincarnation being taught, Buddhism without metaphysics, <laughs> Buddhism for stress reduction and uh, insurance reimbursement. So uh, this is, these are the dark ages for Buddha Dhamma since the uh, dispensation of uh, Siddhartha Gautama, it seems to me. And, um, you know, I can see on my talks also... Um, 200 people listen to these versus 500 people listening to the raw material um, or 800 people listening to interviews because it's easier that's fine but um, this is a difficult teaching Buddha Dhamma but uh, it seems to be pretty clear that Satipana is not quite the same as contact with intelligent infinity uh, and uh, this teaching is unique. And, you know, that's the way it says, it's the way it talks about itself, and all teachings say uh, such things about themselves. <laughs> so, figure it out yourself. But, uh, I found that the more I study Buddha Dhamma, and I, I have a debt of gratitude to Lal Ariatna Pinaduage, 
even if I disagree with him here and there. Uh, I really feel gratitude and, and I really have appreciation for what he's put together on this site, puredama.net. Uh, and that's just the case, you know? Anybody who's talking, we may have some points of disagreement or we may not understand what they understand. They may know things we don't know and we disagree, but really they're right and we're wrong. <laughs> Our view is limited and theirs is not less limited. Uh, who knows? You've got to check that out yourself. But this this other point that, that Buddhist, Buddha's message is unique. Buddha Dhamma is um, not to be fa- is not to be confused with other teachings. They're not the same. Some are some points are in common, like their morality and cosmology, and some notion of path and some you know the value of morality as pa- on path and the notion of um, causality or responsibility is certainly deep in Hinduism uh, and co- uh, higher dimensions and formless realms or many traditions talk about that esoteric uh, Islam and Judaism do Christianity even, Gnosticism understands Gnosis realization but this teaching is unique <laughs> the other ones are unique too um, and I just think that um, this is a very grounded and yet profound and lofty doctrine, the doctrine of Buddha Dhamma. So next time we'll start at number six, the Buddha compared to a great tree standing tall and firm. And um, uh, I think I'll try to finish this page next time. Uh, Taking our time with Sotapanna is okay. Uh, It helps clarify things. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful, and thank you for listening. Uh, Take good care of yourself. See you next time, and good night.